Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. What's up, Internets? This is Chico Leo here with another Fan Bros special delivery. And flying around in the escape pod with me is none other than DJ Ben-Hameen in the spaceship. How you doing, Chico? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? You're uh, you're back from a quick trip to the islands. Yeah, man. Just made it back from the Cayman Islands. Shout out to my homeboy, Drink Fresh Juice, took care of me down there. Beautiful time. Beautiful place. I recommend it to anyone had to get out of this New York cold. Yeah, so so far spring has been basically a total bust. I believe we're like two weeks into spring now, and we're certainly at least more, like a week and a half into spring, and uh, basically it's just a continuation of winter. What we definitely have is a continuation of The Walking Dead. The last episode of the fifth season of The Walking Dead, titled Conquer, directed by Greg Nicotero, uh, written by Sean Gimple and another dude whose name escapes me, but Sean Gimple is the showrunner who's been running it for the last few seasons since it's gotten dope. Um, he famously wrote the episode Clear that had featured Morgan, who, spoiler alert, uh, if you haven't watched the episode, this episode opens and close. well, it doesn't really close, but almost closes with Morgan and opens with Morgan. He's a fan favorite, Lenny Davis is the actor and uh they did a real good job i thought of uh closing off some storylines and opening up new ones and setting up season six uh what'd you think uh not bringing in all your knowledge from the actual comics what'd you think okay well i'll definitely get into some of the comic stuff later but off top Okay, I know that a lot of people are going to say this episode might not have been the best of the season, and I'll probably agree with that. But I do feel, like you said, it was really good at closing off a lot of things and then setting up a lot of things. And that, I think, might, you know, upset some people because they probably wanted more of not so much setup, you know, more of what was going to happen next season happen in this episode. But, you know, right now you get a lot of setup and you get some closure, too. So, Right. So I thought the 90-minute format was really dope because we got to focus some on every character. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know when the last time we saw Maggie do anything – Um, you know, normally the show will pick four or five characters and focus on them in an episode or in a couple of special episodes, even less. But, um, this one, we really got to sort of check in with everyone. And, and I think it felt even more, more than just checking in. Um, like you sometimes feel on like Game of Thrones or a show with a big cast. Sometimes you just check in for like a minute with a character. So I like that about this, that we actually got to got to visit with everyone. Um, I guess, I, I mean, I was, I'm always psyched to see Morgan, and I like the idea that he's been following them to, to meet up with them again. The, my, my biggest complaint is Rick's whole problem with the, uh, with the uh, Alexandria people gets resolved, but not through anything that like our heroes do, that Rick or Carol or anyone or Michonne or anyone does, but through just the you know drunken spastic antics of 
the wife beater ex-husband dude <laughs> they call a big meeting to you know to basically judge rick and previous to that gabriel uh in his wanderings had left the gate open and some wan- zombies wandered in and zick be- rick before he could make it to the meeting ends up fighting some zombies in a in a pretty you know gruesome face to face you know we haven't seen like that kind of thing i mean you knew they weren't going to kill rick but um it was a pretty uh prolonged you know hand to hand thing and rick shows up with the zombie and tells them how it's going to be and before they they can actually work through their differences the wife beater dude that that rick beat up who we have no reason to like whatsoever shows up with Michonne's sword and starts slashing kills Deanna's husband and then Deanna says you know Rick do it Rick doesn't need to be told twice and he executes dude so now Rick and and the Alexandria people are on the same side but it's sort of weird what brought them together but it was Rick before that before dude even shows up with the slashing and the dashing you know it's like (laughs) you know then before that Rick had already shown them you know zombies and people will come here and they were already down for him so that was just like the icing on the cake because the cake was already served at that point. Like they were down, they were eating the cake and then dude shows up with some ice cream and root beer and is like, let's have a party, and, you know? And Rick is like, this is the party. Right. But it looks like they have much bigger uh, bigger and badder things to deal with. We know more about the, the wolves, the zombies with the W on them. There's Wait, some... you're jumping ahead right there. That, that You're jumping ahead. You're well, jumping ahead. we've been seeing throughout the season these zombies with Ws on them. And, um, yeah, so in this episode, Daryl and Aaron are out on a scouting mission, and they're following a dude in a red parka who they're thinking of, you know, maybe asking to join join their company. And they're impressed with his ability to use mud to uh, not get bitten by mosquitoes. And they're tracking him and they lose him. They come upon some trucks that they think have vegetables in them, uh, canned vegetables, and they open them and it's actually a trap. All the trucks open up. Zombies come out. They sort of barricade themselves in a car that's not going to move. And um, they basically are back and about to make like, uh, you know, a last stand run for it. And then Morgan shows up and saves them. And uh, they bring Morgan back and Morgan shows up just as Rick shoots the dude. And there's a weird relationship between Rick and Morgan. Uh, Morgan is the first person that Rick met after he woke up in the hospital. And there's a sense Morgan went crazy and then got his sanity back. And there's a sense of like, if anything, he's the, you know, the Obi-Wan Kenobi to Rick's Luke Skywalker in a certain sense <laughs> of, of surviving in the zombie world. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That, that's a great one right there. But you're also jumping ahead a bit because we got to get back to that, though. But you forgot that Morgan also encountered one right. of the people who was down with these wolves. And that's where it was really revealed that the W's on the head represent the wolves. That's right. And and represent these this group of people who consider themselves wolves. Is that what I was getting from his speech? Right. So he gives a speech about how when the the first Europeans set the the colonists settled it, settled that area, they hired the Native Americans to go out and kill all the wolves. And there's an idea that you know that that you know uh, again th- this is echoing some stuff that the people in. Um, what was the cannibalism place? Terminus? Yes. You know, where there's wolves and sheep, essentially. 
and he's this guy sort of is echoing that um and they they don't have any sense of community or anything like that like they kill everyone that they come across and take their stuff um you know the taking the stuff is somewhat understandable but um it's definitely a very nihilistic point of view in that world that you you know kill first you know, because to, you know, like, like human life is precious if you want to get out of the zombie apocalypse. You need and the more... question I have. No, 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 go, go, go. Yeah, the question I have with that, though, is like, how did they even form a group in the first place? Right. If they were just kill, kill, kill. Right. You know, it's like, how could they ever make a team up? It's like the evil villains who can never get it together. But, it's... you know, like you said, these wolves have formed this team and they definitely have a dope, elaborate trap that they can set with lights and a music selection that draws the zombies back in. And they've marked them all with W's. So it's like they're marking their territory, but also just moving on and killing anything they come across, except when they run into somebody like Morgan. And, and the know, people have bad. the W carved in their head. So, yes. you know, it's not just the zombies. Um, I, I didn't tell when they executed the guy in the red park. I, the, we just saw him from the back. I feel like I didn't see if they if he had a W carved in his head or not. Um, I'm sure they could carve that into his head afterwards. Right. I guess that's true. Um, so they're doing something with zombies because we've seen zombies walking around with the W carved in them. We've seen people tied to trees with W's carved in them. So th- there's something elaborate going on. I'm really glad that they took the time with the Alexandria storyline rather than um, sort of rushing it along, which I felt they did a little with the hospital. Um, and so I feel like next season, although next season, we you know, last time we thought they were going to be dealing with Terminus, and that ended after like two or two or three episodes at the most. Um so I don't know. I'm I'm but this is clearly a table setting for next season. I mean Morgan is is here with the crew. Um, you know, uh Let's go it, back to what you were just saying about Morgan being the Obi Wan right. to Luke to Ritz Luke Strywalker. Because Rick as Luke Strywalker is definitely approaching his dark side of the force stage right, right. now. Right, and Morgan, it seemed like when he shot Morgan, when he shot the dude and then looked up and Morgan was there, that there was a look of, like, that was significant. Um, <laughs> to say the least, the look on Morgan's face. Right. Lenny is such a great actor because with the one line, Rick, you know, it just says so much. Absolutely. Like, what the hell's happened to you? Why the hell am I here? You know, I could have just been out in the woods by myself serving fools. Instead, I roll up into this thinking I'm going to see my boy and I see this crazy dude. So it's going to be interesting to see if Morgan can bring Rick back to the uh, good side of the force. Right. Because, yeah, it's tight on your boy right now. Right. Rick is going into a lot of Tuscan Raider homes and killing everyone like uh, (laughs) Anakin Skywalker at this point. I don't like to reference those prequels, but sometimes they're called for. Oh, it's my favorite moment of the prequels right there. Right. When he talks about killing women, children, all of them. Yeah, that was great. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm i psyched for next season. I do feel like it ended on a little bit less of a bang than previous seasons. But this was, this was a, a, a generally, I would say it was up and down, but generally an up season. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely psyched to see where they're going to go before next season returns. 
we're going to have the uh, Walking Dead um, spinoff. What is it? Fear of the Walking Dead? Or yeah, Beware Fear of the, the Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. So that's uh, that'll be this summer, and that'll be the Walking Dead in L.A. Um, same zombie outbreak, different location, different characters. Also, that's going to start when Rick is in a coma, so you're going to actually see how the outbreak happens in L.A. Oh, right. So not, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually going to start a little previous, so you're going to actually see you know, the actual outbreak, which could be interesting because that's never been shown in the comics. And that, yeah, no, and th- and that that is interesting there because it hasn't been in the comics and just because Rick was in a coma for, what, three weeks, two weeks, something like that. And so when he came out, civilization was already totally destroyed. Yep, definitely. And so the idea of, of having that is, is definitely dope. Um, you know, we'll see, uh, we'll see. I have... Uh, I have higher hopes for the Walking Dead spinoff than I did for Better Call Saul, which I think is dope, and then I did for The Flash, which I think is dope. But we'll uh, we'll we'll check in with The Flash in a little bit. Um, do you have anything uh, left to add for The Walking Dead uh, for the next six months? Uh, no, like I say, I have some things from the comic that I really can't say right now. I will say that how they've done as a Alexandria is dope and it's very well done. It's just like in the comics, pretty much. There are going to be some very big developments considering if they go along with the comics. The one thing that's been different from the comics so far this season a lot is the wolves. Like the, I have one theory who they might be, you know, from the comics, but right. they weren't like that at all in the comics. So it's going to be interesting to see how the next season plays out with Alexandria and everything. But, oh, man, the, the it's headed to some great moments, and I'm loving how good the show has been because yeah. it's got a good chance of actually, you know, getting close to the book. So that's really great. Yeah, and, and like I said, we got to check in with every character. I mean, I feel like if you're listening to this, you most likely saw the episode, but I wanted to give a shout-out. Glenn had a good little arc that involved him um, – you know, be, be being betrayed by a dude and him uh, bushwhacking him out in the woods and Glenn tracking him down and he could kill him but doesn't and decides to show him mercy. And there's definitely just the sense, again, that, that Glenn is the bigger man. And I thought there was a really great scene with Michonne and Rick. Um, they have a really great relationship. Um, and she hasn't had as much to do this season. But... Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I all in all, uh, another great season of The Walking Dead. Not necessarily the best of the finales, because I, I actually think one of the things the show has always done remarkably well was the opening and the closing, and it was somewhere in the middle that things would get muddled in the middle of the seasons, and that, and that just hasn't been the case the last two, three years. No, definitely not. The seasons have been strong throughout and while this wasn't the best ending, I thought it was a pretty good one. Yeah. And also, since you were shouting out various characters, we have to give a shout out to Carol. Yes. Who dominated, as usual, yes. her little wolf in sheep's clothing speech it was so great. Like, oh, I need people like Rick to help right. me and save me. And earlier she is telling my man, make a move. Yeah. I'll cut you. I'll cut you. I'll bleed you. Leave you here Yeah, no, she pulls a knife on the dude, and that dude shows up at the meeting with a sword, and he still ends up with Rick's bullet in his head. Oh, and also Carol's reaction 
to him catching, to him giving the sword, to him slashing and dashing was so classic because she's like, oh, I know where this going to head. Like, right. That's the end of you. And it was. So that's the end of The Walking Dead for this year. We've got um, very special, special delivery with uh, Ty the Robot and Captain Kirkisha are going to be talking about uh, Steven Universe. And uh, we'll be back after that. Hey, what's up? This is Samus. And when I'm not making beats, rapping, or pursuing a PhD, I am always listening to the fan bros. This is gone. Back together. And I'm never going down at the hands of the likes of you because I'm so much better. And every part of me is saying, go get her. The two of us ain't gonna follow your rules. Come at me without any of your fancy tools. Let's go. Welcome back, fan bros, to the special delivery, and we're here with a very special delivery featuring myself, Ty the Robot, and Maya, aka Captain Kirkisha. Hey, how you doing? Good. So we're here today to talk about Steven Universe, one of Cartoon Network's newest and biggest shows. Yes. Okay. And uh, Maya, why don't you give us a rundown about what Steven Universe is about? Well, Steven Universe is the story of a boy, Steven Quartz Universe. He's being raised by three crystal gems, Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl. They live in Beach City. Uh, Steven's dad, Greg, lives in a van. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he runs a car a car wash. Uh, Steven, his mom passed or shifted form in order to create him. So he doesn't know his mother, but she was a crystal gem which is an alien uh, race that came from outer space to earth and so he's learning about his powers that he inherited from her with the help of the gems and also collecting rogue gems that are still on earth as well as discovering more about the planet that they came from what draws you to steven universe the diversity of the show draws me in the and it's not just diversity on the screen it's also diversity of the voice actors mm-hmm. um I also really like the balance between the different gems. I think that the storylines are very well written. I also think that the gender roles are interesting. There's a lot of female characters on the show. Steven also is not a... He's allowed to be a a child. You see his... And you also see his growth. He's not perpetually... Yeah, he doesn't stay like that young, childlike boy. He is growing and maturing as the show goes on. Right, exactly. As the show goes on, you see him growing up and mentally maturing as well as all the other characters around him. So there's a good bit of continuity there. I also like that the gems are growing up too as they have to deal with Steven growing up. Even though that they've been on earth for so long they've never had to deal with a child and and like how to teach him and like help him adjust to the world that he's living in so it's it's teaching them as well exactly yeah and and i see a lot of growth especially in amethyst who was is, is still is not my favorite character but really yeah no i love her <laughs> she she annoyed me so so much because while my favorite character is probably pearl really yeah which <laughs> but you're gonna say Garnet. You know, Garnet is like a close second, but that's only because I feel like Garnet is is kept in mystery more than not so much, not so much anymore. But yes, for most of the show, she was a very mysterious character. Yeah. So now, I mean, who knows? By the end of se- season two, Garnet might be my favorite. But so far, it's been Pearl. Just to wrap up, what we were saying about the gems parenting style. I think that 
they've given Steven a bigger leash and they trust him more, not only uh, to make good decisions, but also um, trusting his powers and, and his intuition. I think that for the most part, they were scared of giving him anything to do because he didn't know much about his powers, but he can do so much even without full reign of them. See, I disagree with you on that. Uh, I think they were afraid to do so much to give him responsibilities like on their missions and things like that because he was because it was two things. One, because he was the child of Rose Quartz and they really didn't want anything to happen to him because Rose basically died to give birth to him. And because he didn't know what to do with his powers. Yeah, I think even though his, he's gotten a little better about his with his powers, I think that his maturity has helped a lot more than his powers. True. For a little kid dealing with these creatures that have been around for thousands of years, like fighting alien species, I guess, they he's much more ingenious about how to use his... Uh, his non-powered skills than they are. Right, exactly. So I, th- I think he's very, he's adapting really well, and it's, um, it's, it's a mutual adaptation between him and the gems. Also, what did I want to talk? Oh yeah, so that at the end of the first season, what in Jailbreak, I thought it was so interesting how Stevens, the fact that he's organic, helps him evade gem technology. Yeah, I'm still a little confused about like their definition of organic, or at least what organic is for them. For the gems to consider themselves inorganic, like what are they? <laughs> well, I I'm pretty sure because I know organic life forms are forms that are based that are carbon based from uh, bio and chemistry back in the day. You go nerd. So, so I'm <laughs> sorry, my mom's a scientist. I, okay. I can't help it. <laughs> so, anyways, I think that's what they mean about organic versus inorganic life. So um, I'm pretty sure that the gem technology is really based for other gems. So when they encounter Steven's life form, it's not because whatever that like uh, wall was, it wasn't made oh, the of force field. Yeah, that force field. It's not made of anything that Steven can't pass through like they weren't you know when they designed it they weren't thinking oh we're gonna meet a half gem half human <laughs> i don't think they intended for that to be like to shield humans or to incarcerate humans exactly which is so interesting to me especially since the gems are supposed to be a colonizing are supposed to be colonizers so it's like okay it's been thousands of years since they lost the battle for earth I'm, I mean, this may not be true, but I'm assuming that they've gone on to other planets or encountered other life forms, and yet they still, this ship, the holding cells are only for, I guess they only work on gems or other life forms like gems. Well, I mean, Rose Quartz in herself was a rogue gem, so I'm sure they came back to Earth to retrieve the other gems, knowing that, okay, we're only going to come and get these gems and then go back to our home world and then come back to the Earth. That's true. And something else I noticed about that finale... When they come to Earth in that giant uh, hand spaceship, mm-hmm. it's a left hand. Mm-hmm. But when they go back and we cut to them on the ship, it's a right hand. Oh, really? I'm not sure if that's just a, a production error or if that's supposed to be something we're supposed to catch for later, like uh, Garnet being a fusion. Yeah. Because a lot of people were surprised by that, but apparently they've been like sowing the seed for that to be revealed for a long time. Yeah, I think I think it it, it something was going on, especially the fact that Garnet had three eyes. Yeah, and most of the gems only have two, but when they fuse, you see how many eyes they have. Mm-hmm. And then if you count the number of eyes they have every time, depending on the different fusions. That really wouldn't work in theory, though, because Garnet has two arms and two legs, but the other fusions like Sugalite and. Um, Opal and Malachite have multiple arms and multiple eyes. Like, Sugalai had five eyes, but um, Pearl, uh, not Pearl, Opal had two eyes. That's true. Hmm. I think, I think because, 
I've read this theory on Tumblr, forgive me. But um, the theory is that because uh, Ruby and uh, Sapphire are so close and in love, that they're, mu- they're a much more uh, concise fusion. Yeah, they're much more harmonious, I, I suppose. Yeah, that's the word. I probably should have said that. <laughs> um, so speaking of uh, all the different gems, I thought it was so interesting that so far every gem that we've seen is a woman. That's not surprising to me. Well, I think, well, I'm pretty sure Rebecca, Rebecca, when Rebecca Sugar was setting the rules for the show, she, and I've seen her say this herself, she made it clear that the gems are a genderless species, but they use um, the pronoun she, her to describe each other. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, they appear to be women, and in some points they appear to be men, because Amethyst herself has shifted into um, a more male-looking form. Yeah, and I think, um, and I remember when Jasper uh, came off the ship, and, like, Jasper is, like, very masculine which was like very <laughs> no but i liked it because no i Jasper liked it was very much the butch lesbian <laughs> well i hey i wasn't gonna go there i was i was trying not to go there she was <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i just thought it was good also that yes they're all technically they're genderless but the way that they interpret their the way they express themselves is so different from one another and the fact that they choose these forms is even more interesting the way they choose to appear that's a good point because we don't really know if these forms that they have are set in stone yeah especially because because of all the monsters that they care they capture used to be gems like themselves but they were somehow corrupt it's indicating that and some something else sorry i don't mean to interrupt you but um something else i noticed every time a gem is broken or like goes back to like i guess recharge they come back in the same form but like their clothing is different or maybe their style is a little different Mm -hmm. like uh when pearl uh when she was stabbed by her her fake clone she reformed but came back in different clothing and every time a fusion comes back it looks a little different speaking of different forms i just wanted to touch on a a slight bit that episode where amethyst and greg were hanging out that was a fun one so that i mean (laughs) let's get into this all right (laughs) so i'm thinking this is just me but i'm thinking amethyst and greg were at the very minimum friends yeah of course and they're, they're friendly yeah and then Rose Quartz came along and snatched him up, and Amethyst never really... I don't think it's that. You don't think it's that? No, I think Amethyst and Greg have their own friendship, and before Steven had their own friendship, outside of Rose Quartz. But I think when Rose and Greg became an item, and she started to spend more of her time with Greg, Amethyst got a little jealous. Yeah, that's what I w- That's where I was going. And we've kind of seen this with all of them. Well, not all of them, because Garnet is pretty secure in herself. But even Pearl um, has lashed out at Steven about how he's basically not Rose Quartz and she misses her friend and i and uh, i think the way pearl relates to him is because she was very protective of rose quartz and <laughs> well, why are you laughing nothing i just because that one episode where they were pearl explained what the what, about the war to steven and how rose basically protected all of them and she was rose's uh i don't know <laughs> i was gonna say side piece but um, <laughs> she was rose's um Number two, basically, and Rose told her everything, and Rose was so close to her. I think she had a little crush on Rose. Yeah, I think, yeah, Pearl is extreme. It, I think it's interesting because as calculating as Ro- as bleh, as Pearl is, she's very emotional. Oh, yeah. And I actually <laughs> like that about her because most people, most characters that are supposed to be super smart and intelligent 
are not also given a, a very large emotional range or it's like you can be smart but you can't be empathetic. So, but yeah. But she's, I, she's definitely had her moments where she cracks under the pressure and her emotions get the better of her. Like after after Ocean Gem when uh, they met Lapis Lazuli. Right. And she wanted to build that spaceship and take Steven to the home world. She really got obsessed and was like, I have to show this to you, Steven. You have to see it. Right. Yeah. She was, yeah. She went off. Okay. This is also from Tumblr, but I think Rose was some sort of royal gem and yeah. that um, Pearl was like, her maiden waiting or some something <laughs> oh, like her ser- like okay. her servant like you know how they have like the yeah, court yeah. and they have their servants and their ladies or whatever i think pearl was one of them and that's why she's so reverent i disagree i think rose was important i don't think i think she was on the same level as jasper because mm-hmm. jasper's jasper really when he came well, sorry he when she came um, to Earth to capture Rose and saw Stephen, I think she really had a rivalry with Rose when Rose was alive. Mm. And that rivalry turned into enemy when Rose um, seceded? Is that the right word? Yeah. Seceded, seceded. from the gems. But yeah, um, we got to wrap it up soon. So uh, what do you think is going to, how do you think the direction of season two is going to go? I hope that we start to see Steven get a handle on more of his powers because season one was just sort of exploring what his powers could be. But I hope that this season he starts to get some grasp on them and some control of them. And I'd like to see a little bit more backstory on Garnet and also just how the, the gems came to be and came to be friends after or stayed together after uh, after Rose Quartz gave birth to Steven. I really want to see more of the Beach City inhabitants interact with the gems, and not just Steven. Because Beach City seems to be this small, tight-knit town where they all really know each other, and they care about each other, but they don't. You don't really see the gems interacting with the Beach City inhabitants. You see Steven doing it, and I'd like to see. I'd like to see them have more adventures with the Beach City residents. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, because I mean, it's not like they have to go to the grocery store for food or exactly. I'd like, yeah, I'd definitely like to see see more of that. Okay, well, that's it for us today. Um, we'll be back soon to discuss something else and bugger your time. I'm Ty the Robot. <laughs> this is Captain Kirkisha, and we're gonna get back to the regular special delivery with Chico Leo. See you guys next week. See ya. This is DJ Maceo, a.k.a. Dr. Spock. This is Jojo from Trendsetters. You know what it is. It's your boy, Young Guru, a.k.a. The Beast, a.k.a. Hank McCoy, a.k.a. Not a Brahma. Hey, yo, 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 this is Foul Munch. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero, Jean Grey. What's up? This is Spike Lee from the Republic of Brooklyn, New York. This is Juno Diaz. Hey, yo, 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 what up? It's Prodigy from the infamous Mob Deep, man, the H&IC. You know what I'm saying? This is Anthony Frazier from the Fat Startup. This is Axel Alonso, editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. Yo, this is Carly Hustle, and when I'm not taking over the world, I'm listening to fanbros.com. And welcome back to the Escape Pod Internets. So we were talking earlier about comic book-based TV show in Walking Dead, and uh, we just wanted to check in with uh, a little uh, with with the Flash and Arrow uh, briefly. So yeah, I don't really watch Arrow, so let me right. just say something though. Could the Flash? All right, I'm, I'm I'm gonna make a big statement here. It might be the best comic book superhero TV show ever. Wow, that that is big. Although I I, I I might agree with you just in terms of like straight up 
superhero comic going going to screen because because the superhero stuff is actually you know i mean it's pretty much a 10 out of 10 consistently and uh the dude who plays the flash grant gustin is really dope um the supporting cast has really grown on me i wasn't i wasn't sold in the first couple of episodes um and they're really uh coming with the with the flash rogues gallery you know we had captain cold and heatwave and now their sister in the most recent episode, and they're doing a lot with you know the Flash the and Time Travel, the Golden Glide. Yeah, I mean, they're very- oh, and we got the Trickster coming up, played by Mark Hamill, who played the Trickster in the uh, Flash TV show from like twenty years ago. Yeah, and let me just say something. The reason why I say it might be the best show ever is because they're doing so much with the Flash mythos that is so crazy. Like how they did the time jump. In the, uh, not this week's episode, but last episode. And then in this episode had Barry trying to recreate everything that happened. Like his relationship with Iris and whatnot. And none of that's working. And then at the same time, he's creating all these new problems with Captain Cold, Heat Wave, Golden Glider showing up. And Captain Cold finding out his, out his identity, which he does know in the comics. And them setting up the relationship between Barry and the Rhodes Gallery. Where they don't kill people, but they still do their crimes, and they know who he is. It, it was just so well done, and I'm I'm just hats off, props, whatever, to everybody over at Flash just killing it. Yeah, they definitely are, and they're holding back the big gun because they introduced in the you know um, Coda at the end of an episode like three four episodes ago. They introduced Gorilla Grodd, one of the best lines ever. Not. Grod, not God. Grod. Grod. So, and that, I guess, maybe they're saving for the finale, but yeah, they're bringing in, you know, time travel and all kinds of elements with the speed, and um, they've got, you know, the reverse flash is here from the future, and they're doing a pretty good job with, you know, like you said, bringing in the Rose Gallery. They've, I, I feel like they did a good thing with the Firestorm storyline. I don't know if they're saving it's Firestorm crazy. for his own show or what. Um, they killed Sistro and then brought him back to life. Right. Well, they brought I him mean, back to on. life in a time thing. Like in yes. that other timeline, Cisco's lying dead at the bottom of Star Labs. <laughs> yeah. So even that and, creates... Which has also been flooded... By a tidal wave, so you know everybody's pretty much lying dead at right. the bottom of Star Labs in that timeline. So, so yeah, it's 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 definitely there's no doubt that uh, the the Flash is off to a to a really solid first season, a better season even than Arrow had in the first season. <laughs> Arrow, this I I still think Arrow's second season is one of the best seasons of of superhero TV. The third season has been very uneven. And something that bothered me, and has been bothering me all along, is they introduced Ray Palmer, who's the Adam, and he has the Adam suit, like A period, T period, O period, M period, but he's essentially a, a Iron Man clone across the way. I mean, all all you know across the boards, just without the goatee. But he's a billionaire industrialist. He has this suit. There's no shrinking. Which I think is weird because they could have beaten actually Marvel to the punch with, you know, they got Ant-Man coming out. Mm. Um, Adam actually did appear before Ant-Man in the comics. When has DC ever beat Marvel? Yeah, well, in this one, uh, clearly not here. I mean, they beat, you know, Marvel with Flash came out before Quicksilver. But, uh, you know, there, yeah. So I, I, I happen to see on Twitter that people think it's really dope. I, I, I mean, I like... 
The dude who's playing the Adam is actually Brandon Routh, who played Superman in the really whack Superman movie that came out about 10, 12 years ago, whenever that was. Yep. Um, I like him. Superman Returns. I like his storyline. You know, I just think his suit just seems kind of creaky, and I don't really understand why. <laughs> it, I mean, it, the helmet looks like something out of the 1979 Battlestar Galactica. Oh. Yeah, wow. I, I don't, you know, people people are really into it. Um, you know, he got beaten like five seconds by a dude with a bow and arrow. So, um, <laughs> you know, obviously it was his first time out with the suit. But I, I'm just, I was a little disappointed with that. I thought getting into the shrinking thing would have been cooler than another billionaire industrialist with a, with a suit. Um, yeah, no and, doubt. And I know you're, you're, you're not, you don't, you're not a fan of Arrow and you're not a fan in general of comics where the, the main character doesn't have superpowers. No, no, no. Hold on. Oh, I Come thought on, you were bro. like, yeah, Batman, you know, he's just the dude in the suit. and No, no, no. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty big Batman fan, and I read a ton of comics uh, that don't even relate to superpowers. Oh, okay. I mean, no, but I meant like superheroes who don't have superpowers. I know. Oh, you no, know, no, I mean, no, 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 no. Mr. Terrific. There's a lot of characters okay. that, don't, yeah, that don't have powers. Come on, man. No, and I know Come you're psyched on. for Daredevil that's coming up i mean i guess he does have yes. powers but they're not that uh you know they're not overpowering powers no 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 definitely cypher's daredevil and i think that adam might eventually shrink so you know we gotta wait and see on that right all right but like i said i'm flash yeah you know hands down i'm so hyped for whatever they do with the finale it's definitely gonna probably be better than the walking dead finale said sadly right well you know i mean the i i enjoyed the walking dead finale it just wasn't it didn't have the bang or whatever that that previous ones have had but the show itself is so much better than it was that i you know by bringing the middle up of of every season you know, it's made the the opening and closing not as remarkable because before they were sort of the best things about the show. <laughs> True indeed. That, yeah. That's a really, really great point there right there, Chico. Well, I think, should we should we end it on that, that great point? Yeah, most definitely. You know, we don't want to start sounding stupid over here. All right. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, same bad channel, same bad time next week. And uh, two weeks from uh, now, you will have watched the first episode of Game of Thrones of the new season. Yes. So, yeah. back. All right. Think about that. (laughs) Big shout-outs to everybody out there. Make sure you subscribe, rate, listen on iTunes, comment on Spotify, I don't know, Twitter, Hit us up on Instagram, all that good stuff, at Fan Bros Show. All right. Good night.